This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9, with available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Let's do this. It's time for the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. Thank you guys for joining me today. I hope you had a wonderful weekend. Seepak was in Dallas. Pretty fiery uh, speakers there yesterday. Pretty awesome. We got a lot of stuff on the show today, including uh, Jason Miller. He's a, a former, um, I guess, kind of a right-hand man for Donald Trump during the Trump administration. Jason Miller has created a new uh, social media platform. It is called Getter, G-E-T-T-R. He's going to talk about why he did it. And if you have been a uh, on social media as a conservative and have had uh, your page shut down, your silenced on social media like I have and I have on, uh, on several of them, you know how incredibly, incredibly stressful it can be and how heartbreaking it could be, particularly if you invest a lot of money in boosting on Facebook, which a lot of people have, and your money is gone. They, they will just take away, literally just take away your page and your followers and you disappear. And it is, uh, it is ridiculous. It is unacceptable. And now there's a new platform called Getter. So we're going to get to that here very shortly on the show. Also, I just want to make a special announcement here, and I'll talk more later in the show about this. We have a first sponsor for the podcast. It is stamps.com. If you are like me, uh, you probably don't like going to the uh, post office. I, I got a honeydew list a mile long every single day, and every time that visit the post office is right there on the schedule, it's a goose egg in the middle of my workday, and I just don't like to do it. Nothing against the post office. Literally, I live um, a half a mile away, but it's just, it's, it's a pain. It takes up a lot of my time. Stamps.com eliminates having to go to the post office. Okay, you could skip trips to the post office. You can mail and ship anytime, anywhere from your computer, send letters, ship packages, pay less... A lot less with discounted rates from USPS, of course, the Postal Service, and UPS. I'll tell you a little bit more, but they are our first sponsor, and I'm really, really, really pleased to have Stamps.com as our very first sponsor. This is a big deal because our reach is growing dramatically, and uh, people are enjoying the show. It is a different show. It is different than all of the other podcasts out there because it features me, first of all, uh, who wrote for Rush Limbaugh for over 20 years, and it features um, rapid-fire analysis of the news commentary and comedy. There you go. That's about it. That's about it. So Kamala Harris really stepped in, and she's being mocked for claiming rural residents can't get photocopies of their IDs to vote by mail because they don't have a Kinko's or an Office Max. <laughs> So, so not only does the Democrat Party believe that uh, people of color can't get driver's licenses at all, okay? Now she's saying that rural voters, and by the way, I'm a, I was a rural voter. I grew up in southwest Iowa, a town of under 1,000 people that did not have a Kinko's or a FedEx. 
Here she is on BET. She's on BET and uh, talking about uh, you, you hicks from the sticks who can't get a copy of your driver's license. You one of those compromises that you'd support? I don't think that we should underestimate what that could mean. Hold on real quick. As a rural voter, let me just chime in. Kick, kick. Because in some people's mind, that means, well, you're going to have to um, Xerox or, or, or photocopy your ID to send it in to prove you are who you are. Well, there are a whole lot of people, especially people who live in rural communities, who don't. There's no Kinko's. There's no Office Max near them. They don't have shoes. People have to understand that when we're talking about voter ID laws. You know, they stand there and they dangle a banjo off of a bridge while some guys in canoes go under it. Be clear about who you have in mind and what would be required of them to prove who they are. Wow. Of course people have to prove who they are. But not in a way that makes it, them, it almost impossible for them to prove who they are. They really, I mean, just think about what that says, what she thinks of people who live in uh, rural areas that you can't make a photocopy of your driver's license. Honestly, this is as is, is insulting as it possibly can be. Uh, here are some of the remarks on Twitter. I live on a mountain in uh, West Virginia, Virginia border, and I can photocopy my ID. I mean, I can do it while moonshine, moonshining white lightning while dueling banjos plays in the background, but I could still do it. <laughs> Another one said, I grew up in a rural community without an office max or a Kinko's and managed to successfully make photocopies of things on many occasions. Another critic called the claim insulting and untrue and added, bottom line, Kamala, you need to start forgetting all about 2024 before the Democrats uh, do it for you. And she's done. She's never. She couldn't get three percent of the vote in the primaries for the Democrat Party. She brought nothing to the ticket. She has no shot in 2024. By the way, seriously, seriously. Uh, others pointed out that Kinko's uh, has not existed for 17 years since the chain merged with FedEx. <laughs> wow, that is just spectacular. That is just spectacular. Oh, and here we go. A year later, I mean, actually a year and a half too late, uh, Joe Biden is going to send uh, federal strike forces into cities like Chicago, where until about three weeks ago, there was no crime crisis. It was completely not happening, according to the Democrat leaders of those cities, including Lori Lightfoot in Chicago. Uh, so Joe Biden is ordering a strike force to help curb the crime in Chicago. Four other cities as homicides skyrocketed over the 4th of July weekend. And this is caused by the demonization of police and defunding of police departments in at least 12 Democrat-run cities, some of the biggest cities in the country. So far in 2021, there's been an increase of 58% in people being shot from the same period in 2019, according to statistics from the city's police department. This is in Chicago. The strike force will cooperate with the uh, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms and focus on illegal gun trafficking. The operation will also send teams to New York City, Los Angeles, San Francisco, and Washington, D.C., yeah. Oh, and by the way, uh, Lori Lightfoot believes that the reason why she's being criticized is because she's a, a black female uh, and she's a lesbian. Well, I mean, you, you generally have to be a lesbian. You have to be a female to be lesbian, right? Is that still true or no? It may have changed. It may have changed this year because you got to identify as a female and then still like women. So that would make you a transgendered lesbian. <clears throat> it gets a little confusing. It gets a little confusing. I'm not trying to judge. I'm not trying to judge. Lori Lightfoot's been under uh, intense pressure to combat the violence in the city. She blamed crime on a host of issues. She believed that the violence is a manifestation of systematic problems and it's a public health crisis. When you see in too many neighborhoods a lack of jobs, lack of investment, these are historic decades-long problems. She also blamed uh, the gun crime around cities uh, around Chicago that have lax gun laws. That's the reason it is. No, actually, it's, it is a, a societal issue.
with inner city people of color. That's just the way it is. I'm just being honest. When you've got cities like Minneapolis where 80% of black homes do not have a father, when you've got an abortion rate nationally since Roe v. Wade of 40% and in some places in inner city, 60%. When you've got kids who are demonized for doing well in school because they're black, when you've got the culture that celebrates misogyny and violence, I could go on and on. I've been studying this for a long time, and I've watched two generations of kids uh, experience the same thing, and it's never going to get better until we actually focus on the real problem. And I just told you what it is. Here's a report from Chicago Television following the uh, 4th of July weekend. official numbers yet, but according to our count, at least 72 people have been shot in the city since Friday evening. Five of them were children. Those five children shot since Sunday afternoon. A six-year-old girl shot in West Pullman is among the weekend victims. She and her mother were outside with others early this morning near 119th in South Michigan. Someone fired from a gray SUV hitting the child yeah, six year old. in the hand and her mother in the back. Likely the six-year-old wasn't the target, as we've seen too many times, tragically. Uh, someone else is being... That's David Brown, the uh, superintendent of the police department. ...targeted, and uh, the unintended target, uh, in, innocent child, is, is struck. Hours earlier, a five-year-old girl was shot in the same neighborhood. She was in an alley at 117th and South wow. Park, where someone started shooting. The girl was hit in her right leg. Police say her condition is stable at Roseland Community Hospital. And children were injured in a drive-by this morning in Washington Park. Six people were shot. A 12-year-old wow. girl remains in critical condition at Comer Children's Hospital. A 13-year-old boy is stable. And, of course, she, uh, Lori Lightfoot is blaming it on uh, guns from uh, states with lax gun laws. Uh, let's see, uh, systematic problems, uh, lack of jobs. Well, if you don't stay in school, you have no chance of getting a job. And, and if you've got people who are teaching your kids of color that math is racist and speaking proper English is racist, then nobody's going to hire them. Okay? There you go. There you go. And if you don't become a mom when you're 15, that also helps a little bit. But I guess, you know, that makes me racist if I actually state the real truth. Oh, here's Lori Lightfoot just, uh, what, about a week ago talking to uh, William Kelly. He's a reporter for Newsmax and saying that uh, there's no problem with crime, even though she's asked the president to bring a federal task force in. And they're happy to be here because of the values that they find in the city of Chicago. So the, the premise of your question, which is it's chaos everywhere. And the fact of the matter is, sir, which you also didn't point out, but I will. Um, so we get this straight is that we're actually seeing a decline. Then why did you ask for a federal task force? In homicides and shootings. Yes, sir. You, you. Why do you need the task force? No, sir. Okay. No, 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 no. Let him, let him ask us. Yeah, there's, not, there's not a problem last week, but suddenly there is. Oh, and Donald Trump offered federal aid, federal assistance troops if necessary to come in and she fought it. Here is Grant Stinchfield talking about that happening last year. So the Democrat Party is filled with Marxists that just might sink themselves. Wouldn't that be nice? Their hypocrisy is always on full display. Chicago or Chirac as we have now been calling it, <laughs> aptly dubbed, right, is yes. self-destructing. Yes. This month, gun-toting thugs in that city have already shot 160 people, killing 31 of them. And now Joe Biden is promising to send a federal strike force to crack down on the violence. My hope and my expectation is that they're going to be coming uh, relatively soon. 
Um, I've made no secret of the fact that I think uh, this is a matter of incredible urgency. And if uh, but it wasn't a problem last week. I think the president's plan is to make a big difference in localities like Chicago this summer. No, it's not going to happen. Here is uh, Grant Stinchfield talking about the hypocrisy of Trump offering aid versus Biden. Last summer, facing the same murder spree, nearly the exact same numbers of murders, President Trump ordered a surge of hundreds of ATF and other federal agencies and agents to flood the streets of Chicago to go after the illegal guns and gangbangers using those guns. President Trump dubbed it Operation Legend. But guess who didn't want the federal help back then? She turned it away. She wanted to anyway. Lori Lightfoot. This is what she said about President Trump's law enforcement surge last summer. That's what we call tyranny and dictatorship. <laughs> and we are not having it in Chicago. So think about this. Lori Lightfoot wants Whoa. federal help now because Joe Biden is sending it. But if President Trump sends it, it's tyranny and dictatorship. The people are under siege in her city. That is the exact hypocrisy that the people of Chicago cannot stand. Because in their case, that hypocrisy turns deadly. Yeah, and that hypocrisy caused probably dozens of lives, hundreds of injuries, hundreds of cases of lives changing forever for the negative. Because she was too proud and too political to accept help from the Trump administration. Unbelievable. Here's a little bit more from... Mr. Stinchfield on Newsmax. But it's not just Chicago. Across the country, we have violent criminals being released back onto the streets with little or no bail, all in liberal cities. While we watch those who took part in the January 6th protest oh, yeah. in the Capitol remain locked up. No bail. It's maddening because street crime and inner city violence does affect our lives in a very big way. And it's been going on for 45 to 50 years. The last thing that I ever remember seeing was my son. My son stood in this door. He was screaming. Well, he was screaming because she and her nephew, PJ, were shot in Memphis in their front yard. Yep. PJ, a 20-year-old man with a promising future. You see him on your screen. 20 years old. There. Guess what happened to him? He died as a result of the gunshot wound standing on his front porch. Do not sleep. I don't sleep. I don't eat. I don't do anything. I'm tired of being locked up in here. I'm just, I'm just, it's not fair. I'm so tired of hearing this. She tells the local news station there that she's tired of being locked up in her own home because she's afraid to go outside. Why is she afraid to go outside? Because the two people accused of shooting her and killing her nephew are out on bond. Unbelievable. Unbelievable, and there's still people who took part in the uh, the insurrection at the Capitol that was unarmed. There's still people in solitary confinement because of that. Yes, my friends, we live in America, in an America that has political prisoners. If you've been banned or taken down or shadow banned like I am on Facebook, both my Facebook pages, I'm shadow banned. I have no reach at all. They're doing it intentionally. It's not an algorithm. It is actually a group of people. There are these campuses around the country, and they are targeting conservatives. Well, Jason Miller's doing something about it. He's come up with this new social media platform. It's called Getter, G-E-T-T-R. Let's give him a call. 
Hello? Hey, Jason, Rob Carson, Newsmax. How you doing, buddy? Rob, thanks so much for having me on. We've had this tremendous kickoff with our Getter social media platform. We've already, not only did we get to a million users in three days, which is the fastest in world history for a social media app, we've actually gotten to 1.25 million just in the first five days. So the, the growth here has been explosive. Uh, it's not even just the U.S. About 44% of our uh, user signups have been from the U.S., about 50 percent from Brazil, that wow. we have Germany and the UK and Saudi Arabia. Uh, so it's uh, Japan. So the, the growth is explosive. And really what it comes down to is folks want a new social media platform where they can discuss free speech and independent thought and really have this marketplace of ideas where they can connect with their friends and family and not have the social media oligarchs come and shut them down. Well, this is near and dear to me, and I actually am going to join the Trump lawsuit uh, because I was reaching hundreds of thousands of people on my Facebook page. Age, um, until November the 4th of 2020, oddly enough. They took me down. They took down my site the day after the election. No excuse and no recourse. Everything gone. Everything gone. And then I was a part of a network of 29 pages, 19 million followers. A gentleman I know named Terry Littlepage had sunk $250,000 into reach on Facebook. And October 31st, 2018, Facebook took all of his pages down. No refund. Nothing. And so wow. I'm, I'm joining, I'm telling you, dude, you know, and that's how you got to pay for reach on Facebook and YouTube and Twitter and all that. They'll take your money. They'll take your money. And they took your money for years. And then all of a sudden they decided that they were going to shut down conservatives. Uh, they didn't tell any of us that it was exclusively a liberal site. And so people spent millions and billions of dollars, Jason. Tell me what, what separates yours from all the others. Well, exactly, and because on Getter, you're never going to be censored or deplatformed for your political beliefs. And what we saw last year, not just uh, not just with the Hunter Biden suppression story, where uh, Twitter and Facebook and the big media came together to collude. We want real collusion. That's collusion. To say we're not going to let people find out about this Biden family grift and corruption. Yeah. Uh, then we saw with so many conservatives and President Trump being deplatformed going into January after January 6th. And I believe that the First Amendment is something that always uh, applies to folks, and it doesn't magically go away because a small pocket of uh, social media bigwigs say, you know what, we believe in free speech, but nah, only if we agree with it. And yeah. so that, that's our distinction when it comes to political speech. You can go and you can talk about what you want to talk about. Now, like with any uh, reasonable um, platform, there are some moderation standards that we have. Uh, for example, you can't uh, go and, and suggest uh, illegal activity. And, yeah. Yeah. The same. So, for example, you can't go and threaten someone's physical well-being. I mean, that's not acceptable in real life. It's not acceptable on social media. But if when you when you're talking about your politics, your belief, if you're having a conversation with your friends and family and people that that you really like, uh, then no, you're not going to be censored in, in deep platform for that. And people want to know that this is a place where. Uh, and again, not even just conservatives. I, I tell people we're here. The the threshold for joining our platform is a. We hope that you believe in free speech, and b. We hope that you oppose cancel culture. Amen. So you are saying that if I decided that I was going to question the 2020 election results, which I do, by the way, um, I would not be uh, canceled. I would not be blocked from Getter. 
Exactly. Uh, okay. And the same thing okay. if you want to take an issue with some of the government response and government handling of COVID-19, for example. Thank you. Uh, Thank you're, you. not, you're not going to magically uh, just find yourself uh, without a, a social media account. Uh, we believe that that's wrong. We also believe that there shouldn't, someone shouldn't be blocked or completely banned from a social media platform just because the, uh, the rulers of it, so to speak, have a different uh, political viewpoint. And that's just, uh, that's just un-American. And yeah. it's, a, you know, who, who said that these social media oligarchs are going to be judge, jury, and executioner? That's not the way it's supposed to work. Well, and the, and the scary thing is also, and, and you, you know, you've been alive uh, long enough to maybe remember some of uh, what, what the Soviet Union was, what North Korea is, what Cuba is. And in those countries, uh, there was no social media in Russia, but the media was owned by the government. In our country, the most despicable thing possible is that the media, even with the protection of the First Amendment, chooses to tow the party line, the Democrat party line, and so does social media. And that is a special kind of totalitarianism reach that the Soviet Union could have only dreamed of. You know, you make an interesting point that would actually take a slightly different take on it. You know, I, I used to think maybe in my younger years that the Democratic Party ruled everything. They told media what to say. They told big tech what to say. I'm starting to think now that really big tech tells everybody what to say. They're yeah. the ones who tell the um, they're the ones who tell the media what to say. They're the ones who tell the Democrats what to say. And just this whole notion that free speech only applies when uh, the owner of these several companies who President Trump took issue with in his lawsuit this week are allowed to determine everybody's individual rights. That's that's not the way that it's uh, that it's supposed to go. I mean, it's supposed to be that you have your voice, and that's why we came up with uh, the Getter platform so that people would have, again, not just a platform to go to, but something with superior technology, something that looks uh, clean and smooth and, uh, and great operation. We've already had, you know, such big name conservatives sign on from Mike Pompeo to Dinesh D'Souza yep. to, I mean, we had, you know, Elise Stefanik uh, has joined and Rudy Giuliani, some really great people. Love signed it. Up. I, I, I absolutely love it. Um, and so what is the pace right now? How, how many people are you adding per day? Is, is it pacing? Is it building? So it's building, and again, it's building globally. And that's, uh, you know, it. right now a lot of the energy is on the right of center space here in the U.S., um, but our uh, global audience is more than half of the overall signups. And I think that's something that we want to continue. Um, in particular, we've, we've just started to get some of our marketing efforts off the ground, but we wanted to get the platform out on July 4th for the simple fact that that's Independence Day. We wanted to declare independence from I big tech it. and big media collusion, telling people what they can and can't say. You know, I think for too long, Rob, conservatives have been told, oh, you know what, you can have another platform, you can go somewhere else, but eh, we're going to, you can't really have the good stuff. You can have something that looks uh, a little more pedestrian or, or junior varsity. And so we set out to say, you know what? We don't think that this problem is going to get solved by government. We believe it's going to be by the free market. We're going to come out with a product that kicks their rear end, and we're going to have something where people say, no, you know what? I'd much rather go together because yeah. it's, it's, it's more fun, it's cooler, and I like the people who are on it. Yeah, and uh, I'll also mention, you know, uh, are you concerned that they'll try to do what to you what they did to Parler? Because I'm going to tell you, let me tell my Parler story. I, I had uh, over 100,000 followers on Parler, which is not a, a huge number. Uh, and that was months ago. And uh, Parler was taken down. Uh, Parler was destroyed. And they came back. And I came back with Parler. And I started putting stuff. And they took me down. Parler took me down. So it makes me wonder if they are trying to get back in the good graces of the big tech to get back on by censoring conservatives again. 
So uh, we're 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 going to be a little bit different, I think, on a, on a couple of fronts. Number one, uh, we have a, a robust moderation policy on the front end, and so there yeah. are certain things that the AI picks up, and then if uh, certain whether it be you know words or phrases that concerning might uh, be suggesting some illegality or something of that nature, then it goes to a human review team to gotcha. make sure that we go through it to make sure that we don't overreact or take too much action. Uh, if there's still questions about what exactly it is, there's an executive review team that goes up to and even some things get brought up uh, directly to me. And so we have a, uh, a process that's really thought through and we think that it's it's working well so far. Uh, here's one thing I'll say. I'll, I'll be very candid about this. Yeah. We're not going to get it right every single time. Yeah. Uh, our goal, our mission is to make sure that nobody is ever censored or deplatformed or cancel cultured for expressing their political beliefs. Uh, what we would ask in return is that people uh, not say things on the platform that would yeah. get them in trouble in real life, i.e. Yeah. suggesting or threatening threatening uh, illegal type things, yeah, or, yeah. you know, being like a Kathy Griffin and posting, you know, beheading pictures. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's yeah, that's yeah. not acceptable. Yeah. Or using uh, racial or religious epithets. For sure. um, but it's but but nobody should be doing that anyways. This is about political speech and making sure that nobody can tell you um, uh, to ignore election fraud or to ignore um, uh, some of the, the missteps that we saw Fauci and others make. I just I hope you realize how important this is to uh, conservatives like me. What you're doing is so important, Jason, and I cannot thank you enough for creating the platform. I signed up a few days ago. I'm going to be promoting it. It, uh, a lot because it's just so heart-wrenching to have your work taken away from you, your viewpoint taken away from you by a social media platform that just suddenly decided to become political. So Godspeed, man. I wish you the absolute best. And if you if you ever need to talk about anything you're doing with the new Getter platform, please, um, I'd love to have that back on the show, okay? Well, thank you. And uh, Getter.com, check it out. And the cool feature, you can import in all of your tweets so your Ooh. intellectual property comes with you before you get deplatformed. Huge. That is spectacular. Talk again soon. Thank you, sir. I love it. I love it. I love it, Jason Miller. Thank you so much. And uh, if you want to uh, uh, check out Newsmax, Newsmax is on Getter. They already got a half a million followers like the first day. And I'm also there under Rob Carson's show. Okay? Getter.com. All right, so... Stamps.com is the first official sponsor of the show, and I love this because I use their product. About six months ago, I started working exclusively from home. It's a gift from God to work from home. But driving to the post office in the middle of my day is a giant pain in the rear end. Stamps.com keeps you from having to make that trip. You can mail and ship anytime, anywhere from your computer, send letters, ship packages, pay less, a lot less with discounted rates from USPS and UPS. Print official U.S. postage and shipping labels 24-7 without having to leave your desk or buy any fancy equipment. All you need is your computer, your standard computer, like I got here in the studio. Once your mail is ready, just schedule a pickup or drop it off. It's that simple. They offer deals you can't get anywhere else, like up to 40% off USPS and up to 66% off UPS shipping rates. And with their switch and save feature, you can quickly compare carriers to find the best rates every time. Here's what I want you to do. Stop wasting time. Go into the post office. Go to stamps.com instead. There is no risk. And with my promo code, it's Newsmax. That's the promo code. You get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. It's that simple. So what you need to do is go to stamps.com. Okay, make it a favorite on your browser. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage. It's right there. And type in Newsmax. Newsmax. Okay, that is stamps.com promo code Newsmax. 
do that, will you? Let's show Stamps.com the reach and power of this audience, and let's make your lives a lot simpler, a lot easier, and a lot more convenient when it comes to shipping. Okay? Stamps.com, never go to the post office again. Michigan Attorney General is now asking state police to go after those who allege election fraud in 2020. Her name is Dana Nessel, and she is finding herself once again at the center of an abuse of power controversy. Gretchen Whitmer's right-hand woman is deploying the Michigan State Police to assist with finding those who are starting election fraud. I'm serious. Now, she's saying that she's going to invest allegations that people are profiting off false claims that the 2020 presidential election was stolen. This is really big, and this is really, really ugly. The announcement comes in response to a the majority Republican Senate Oversight Committee Chair Ed McBroom requested the Attorney General's office look into people who may be raising money or publicly for themselves off the disproven claims. Now, the state of Michigan is even tapping law enforcement to track down those who disagree with the state election results. They, they disagree that they were free, fair, and legitimate, despite the state's boasting of 200, uh, 250 election audits counterbalancing those determinations are thousands of affidavits submitted by state residents requesting an independent election audit. There are people who saw lots and lots of chicanery. The state of Michigan is saying, oh, no, 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 we, we looked at everything and it's perfectly fine. This is unbelievable. This is frightening. Here is Rob Schmidt uh, talking about the uh, persecution of people who think there was election fraud in Michigan, and I believe there was. Disturbing abuse of power in Michigan, calling into question just how far the long arm of the law can extend. According to reports, Michigan's attorney general, with assistance from police officers, will investigate people who question the integrity of the 2020 election. <laughs> attorney General Dana Nessel's office says the investigations will be focused on those who've pushed false claims about the election in order to raise money or publicity for themselves. Or publicity. Okay, so that it means if you if you post on social media, you could be in legal jeopardy from her office. That is terrifying. Terrifying. Now, late in the evening, November 3rd, Trump had taken a sizable lead in Michigan over Joe Biden. Citizens who watched Trump win their state in 2016 went to bed that night believing Trump had won in their state. Instead, voters were stunned when they woke to discover a massive early morning dump of votes for Biden were counted in the wee hours of the morning, making basement Joe the official victor in Michigan. Within one week of the November election, over 240 affidavits outlining voter fraud and voter irregularities witnessed by GOP polls challengers, a Detroit city worker and a Dominion contract worker were filed in Michigan. 5,000 votes had flipped from President Trump to Joe Biden in Antrim County, Michigan, by the way. As a result of the massive areas in Antrim County, a lawsuit was filed by Antrim County resident Bill Bailey. Circuit uh, Court Judge Kevin Elzheimer agreed to allow Bill Bailey's attorney, Matt DePerno, to bring in a team of IT experts to perform a forensic audit. It showed an error rate of 68%. 68% of ballots cast in Antrim County were allegedly sent to adjudication, meaning the ballots would be analyzed by someone other than the voter to determine the intent of the voter and likely switched. Likely switched. On December 16th, 2020, after over 100 witnesses testified to voter fraud or voter irregularities in front of the Michigan Legislature's House and Senate Oversight Committee's committee chairs, Senator Ed McBroom and Rep. Representative Matt Hall issued subpoenas demanding the subpoena. The subpoena demanded the recipients surrender absentee voter counting board laptops, emails, logs related to poll watchers, blah, 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 blah. 
And then they also looked into all the money, the Zuckerbucks that came into the state. Mark Zuckerberg's money uh, was sent hundreds of millions of dollars to uh, battleground states. Most of the money given by Zuckerberg for state elections was spent in Democrat strongholds in battleground states like Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Atlanta, and Detroit, where voter integrity has been called into question. To shake down people to put on, here is uh, Rob Schmidt talking to Michigan Representative Steve Kara about the attorney general going after people who think there was fraud. First off, just your, your initial reaction to this. It's it's scary. It's been a, a reoccurring pattern of fear, intimidation, and and just you know scaring people into tactics. I mean, if, if you think that there is, she fraud, also did the same thing with people who refused to close down their restaurants and go out of business because of COVID. Fraud, you should be free to exercise your First Amendment protected right to, to speak. And, and it seems like they're just trying to intimidate people and uh, back them into a corner. Of course they are. Of course they are. Here is uh, Michigan State Representative Steve Kara talking about what he'll do if she follows through. It almost is, is, is very 1984 in a weird way. It is. And, and this is about verifying the election results. I mean, pe people have questions. There's all kinds of election irregularities. Uh, we had the signature verification process was largely relaxed in Michigan, which it shouldn't have been. Mm. Absentee ballot applications were sent out unsolicited. Oh, why'd they do that before the election? There are very strong grounds that people they wanted to steal votes have for questioning what happened. And so for people to just be able to voice their thoughts and perspectives, they certainly have the right. That's what I'm hearing from my community. People have questions sure. and so do I. So you're putting out a letter addressed to the attorney general where you say, quote, by attempting to read the mind of an individual to infer criminal intention, you have effectively chilled the free speech of every citizen. You indicate that if she intends to prosecute anyone, it would be in bad faith, violate her oath of office, and you will immediately submit articles of impeachment against her. I love it. Na, 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 na. Hey, hey, hey. Goodbye. Here's a little bit more from Rob Schmidt and Steve Kara from Michigan. You're obviously pumped up about this. Yeah, I, I've seen enough of the strong-arming tactics. I've seen enough of the fear, intimidation, coercion. We need people to feel comfortable and respected. If people think that there was an election fraud, that's fine. If other people think that there was election fraud, that's fine. That's why we need to do a forensic audit. That's why we need to have these conversations to get to the bottom of everything. There's too many election irregularities. There's too many questions out there. And people need to feel comfortable that they can exercise their rights and, and express their beliefs. I can't wait till the audit is out in Arizona. It's supposed to happen any day. Vaccinated teachers and students can ditch masks, according to the CDC, so your children don't have to suffocate anymore breathing their own carbon dioxide. It's never worked. These stupid cloth masks that people wear, uh, if you think a cloth mask is going to stop you from getting COVID, then you surely would think that you could go scuba diving in a cowboy hat and be able to breathe underwater. Give me a break. Vaccinated teachers and students don't need to wear masks inside school buildings. That's according to the CDC now, finally. The nation's top public health agency is not advising schools to require shots for teachers and vaccine-eligible kids, and it's not offering guidance on how teachers can know which students are vaccinated or how parents will know which teachers are immunized. It's none of your business, to be quite honest. In either case, it's none of your business. Now, apparently, they're still going to continue to space their kids' desks three feet apart. That makes no sense at all. It never has, by the way. Never has said distancing is not required among fully vaccinated student or staff. The biggest questions will be at middle schools where some students are eligible for shots and others aren't. 
If sorting vaccinated and unvaccinated students becomes too burdensome, administrators might choose to just keep a mask policy for everyone. It's stupid. In Detroit public schools, everyone will be required to wear a mask unless everyone in the classroom has been vaccinated. Philadelphia will require all public school students and staff to wear masks inside buildings, even if they have been vaccinated. What about requiring COVID-19 vaccination as a condition of school attendance? The CDC has repeatedly praised such requirements, but the agency on Friday didn't recommend that measure because it considered it to be a state and local option. Anthony Fauci is all for it, by the way. By the way. This is the new guidance, by the way. No one at schools needs uh, to uh, wear masks at recess or in most outdoor situations. However, unvaccinated people are advised to wear masks if they are in a crowd for an extended period of time, like in the stands of a football game. Ventilation and hand washing continue to be important, although you can't get it from a surface. Testing remains an important way to prevent outbreaks. Separating students into smaller groups or cohorts continues to be a good way to help reduce spread of the virus. All of these rules have been stupid and arbitrary and uh, mostly completely worthless. Rob Schmidt had uh, Christian Witten on. He was a senior advisor for the Trump administration. And I don't know if you knew this, but uh, Joe Biden went to the G7 and issued a threat to uh, supposedly to Vladimir Putin about hacking because uh, the the colonial pipeline was completely shut down by Russian hackers. Then uh, Joe Biden gave him a list of 16 targets that you better not try to target these 16 targets of Vladimir Putin. Whatever you do, don't target these. And then what happened a week later? 170 U.S. companies hit by Russian cyber attacks. Here is uh, Christian Witten talking to Rob Schmidt about uh, the Russian cyber attack and how worthless Joe Biden is with regard to Russia. Biden says there's going to be some kind of consequences for Russia. Um, What do you imagine that might be? I would uh, frankly imagine it would be next to nothing. You know, we've seen maybe a strongly worded letter in this show before. This is the second time or a card to uh, Vladimir with uh, only a $25 gift card from Starbucks instead of the normal 50. That President Biden, at least the second time that he said there are going to be serious consequences for Russia and his national security advisor was threatening action as early as January, saying in response to the solar winds Russia attack, which happened last year, that once it was proven to be Russia, that we were going to do things that were seen and unseen. Mm. Uh, and they were so unseen that, that they just never happened, apparently. You know, just today, the White House was doing a background call for reporters, and they said, you know, the president really means what he says. And generally, if you have to say that, it's just not true. So, uh, you know, you might see some sanctions toward individuals or companies, but the idea that U.S. Cyber Command is going to turn around and smack Russia seems very unlikely. Um, I absolutely agree, because you know why? Because Joe Biden is Jimmy Carter all over again. Here's a little bit more from Christian Witten. You know, they, they said that they, um, you know, initially they said, you know, here's, here's 16 places we'd like you to not hack. And, and you know, I, I think that when you start off on that tone, I think Biden just is going to eat your lunch. Or I'm sorry. I'm exactly. Sorry. Putin, I, I just Putin's have to imagine there yeah. that Putin. Yeah. Yeah, I have to imagine yeah. that Putin was was laughing on the plane back to Moscow <laughs> after he was handed that list in Geneva uh, by the president. It's just such a weak uh, signal that basically here are these things you can. Att- he flew back on the plane. He had his uh, Persian cat in his lap, just like the James Bond villain. Pack, which then leads you to believe that here are some other things that we don't really care much about. Incidentally, Newsmax was probably not on the list of things not to attack. Um, you know, it's just uh, it's just a, a lack of clarity coming from the president. Yeah, he's uh, he's pretty uh, he's pretty weak on a lot of stuff, and he's being weak on uh, Afghanistan. 
Now, I think we ought to be out of Afghanistan. I think we should have kept one Air Force base there. I think we should have kept Bagram, should have kept a bunch of troops there instead of just pulling out and giving the Taliban our equipment. Billions of dollars worth of equipment. Absolutely inexcusable. Absolutely inexcusable. Here's a little bit more from, oh, this is actually from Steve Comer uh, on National Report. He's a congressman talking about Joe Biden's weakness. We have, again, goes back to the fact that we have a, a weak president who is not feared by the Taliban or respected by the Afghan government. The fact that uh, the Taliban is going to Russia and, and Russia looks like they're the leader in the area. I mean, it's just not a good look for the United States. I think that that goal that we all have and, and we all hope that uh, everyone in Afghanistan will come together and, and live peacefully in a democracy uh, for, for the nope. next century nope. uh, would be more realistic if if we had can't a better, do anything about Iran either better diplomatic team uh, in the Biden administration. So I have a lot of concerns about what Afghanistan is going to look like after the troop withdrawal. Uh, we we've been trying to get out of Afghanistan for many years now. We're, we're finally getting out of Afghanistan, but just pulling the troops isn't the best exit strategy. You have to have a plan moving forward, a diplomatic plan. And I haven't seen that from Joe Biden yet. I have a nephew who did several tours in Afghanistan. The next time I saw him, I saw someone who was profoundly hurt. He saw his best friend killed in an MRAP vehicle right in front of him. He showed me pictures of an MRAP that he was in, and there was a RPG lodged under the windshield wiper in the front. Explosive, improvised explosive device. And... I said, well, were they able to disarm it? He goes, no, we just blow up the vehicle. But he saw his best friend die in front of him. And there was a distant look in his eyes that wasn't there when I saw him at age 16. I hope that he doesn't feel like his service was for naught. Because to me, it seems like Joe Biden is throwing in the towel and giving billions of dollars worth of equipment to the Taliban. Tom Fitton is uh, just terrific. He's uh, got this wonderful organization called Judicial Watch, and he talked with Sean Spicer about Biden family corruption. Make no mistake, we have the most corrupt president and presidential family in power right now in Washington, D.C. There are no ifs, ands, or buts about it. The mainstream media knows it. The FBI knows it. Big tech knows it. They know about Hunter Biden's laptop. They know about the grifting the, the family has done by selling the Biden name for influence. It's a no duh. Here is Tom Fitton putting it in a nutshell. This is a racketeering operation. I mean, the family's been run like a racketeering shop for years. We're talking about uh, uh, Hunter Biden selling paintings for up to a half a million dollars, and his paintings are awful. Is the Justice Department going to be aware of who's giving, who's giving Hunter Biden money? Allegedly, he's under investigation. This highlights in a dramatic fashion that Joe Biden again, has been implicated in criminal activity tied to his son and other family members. There's a criminal investigation that was squelched for two years by the Justice Department and the FBI. Because they wanted to get past the election. Evidently, it's continuing. Yep. There's no special counsel targeting Joe Biden. Wow. Despite the obvious conflict of interest and the Justice Department rules. we got to drain the swamp 2022 and a 2024. Mandating it. And now we've got the the White House jumping in to help uh, Mr. Hunter Biden launder the money back into the family again. 
Is Joe Biden you know, going Lindsay, to say no more? I, I'm not. I won't be taking my take as the big guy normally gets in our arrangements. I tell you what, an outrage. You know, we talk about the corruption here in Washington, D.C. Wow. Joe Biden personally has the most significant corruption issues that we've had coming into a presidency since Lyndon Johnson and the Justice Department and the rest of this decrepit city pretend it's not existing. Yep, absolutely. That's the way it is. And Tom Fitton knows what he's talking about. A couple more stories before we uh, wrap things up on the show. This is something uh, quite terrifying. CNN medical contributor Dr. Lena Wynn basically said, life needs to be very hard for Americans who have not received a coronavirus vaccine. She thinks that you should be tested twice weekly at work if you haven't. She wants to make your life a living hell at work, at school, wherever you are, if you decide you don't want the vaccine. Listen to this totalitarian. I think this really depends on what it is that we do at this point. So now we have this Delta variant that is much more contagious. Because it's more contagious, it's going to be even harder for us to reach herd immunity. We're going to have to vaccinate an even higher proportion of people to get there. What happens then... Have you noticed that there are not a lot of celebrities or politicians getting their vaccines done publicly so everybody can watch? Have you noticed that? George Clooney, anybody, anybody, all the leftist people out there in Hollywood, none of them are getting their vaccine on camera. Weird. If we end up having another variant developing that's even more contagious. That's just kind of weird. That could cause more disease, that could evade the protection of our immune system. And so how quickly we get this under control and which way we go depends on... Ding dong, the government calling. On what get off my lawn. We do now when it comes to vaccination, to overcoming disinformation. And what we really need to do at this... Disinformation. Disinformation. They use that word a lot in North Korea. Point is to make vaccination the easy choice. It needs to be hard for people to remain unvaccinated. <laughs> right now, it's kind of the opposite. It's fine. I mean, it's easy if you're unvaccinated. You can do everything you want to do anyway. But at some point, these <laughs> mandates by workplaces, by schools, I think <sighs> it will be important to say, hey, you can opt out. But if you want to opt out, you have to sign these forms. You have to get twice weekly testing. Basically, we need to make getting <laughs> wow. vaccinated the easy choice. That is what it's going to take for us to actually end the pandemic. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Before I go, Michael Avenatti sentenced to over two years in prison for attempting to extort Nike and for defrauding his client. 30 months in prison, attempting to extort Nike out of a million and a half and then defrauding a client. The guy's a scumbag. He's a scumbag. But the media absolutely loved him. And you want to know something really funny? Do you want to know how many minutes that CNN has devoted to the coverage of Michael Avenatti's arrest and his sentencing? Two minutes. <laughs> Two minutes. Here's the media last year when he was Stormy Daniels' lawyer, and he would he was the heir apparent. He was going to take on Donald Trump and win the election. Now this is a few years ago, I guess. He's Donald Trump's worst nightmare, Michael Avenatti. Joining us once again is Michael Avenatti. Let's bring in Michael Avenatti. Michael Avenatti. Michael Avenatti. Michael Avenatti. Thank you very much. He's out there saving the <laughs> Look, country. It, it, Don Meacham says he may be the savior of the republic. You are something of a folk. Dear God. Hero now. I owe Michael Avenatti an apology. I've been saying enough already, Michael. I've seen you everywhere. What do you have left wow. to say? I was wrong, brother. <laughs> you have a lot to say. I uh, am just dying to hear what you think. These people all like you. I'm the only person right here Donald Trump fears more than Robert Miller. We think you guys are the tip of the spear that's going to take down Donald Trump. Michael Avenatti is a beast. 
Okay, that's true. And he, he's a beast. He's a beast. I hand it to yeah. her, and I hand it to Michael Avenatti. Okay, now, this is uh, Brian Stelter talking to uh, Michael Avenatti. Now, Brian Stelter also said that Hunter Biden's memoir was a work of art. It was absolutely a uh, must-read. Uh, he did. And then this is the reason why he's lost 80% of his audience. Here is his, his interaction with Michael Avenatti. This is, I should have some romantic music. I don't have any. Yeah, I don't know. I agree with you. I don't know if it's a good thing that star power and TV savvy is required for the job, but I think it is. And by the way, I think President Obama also had a lot of TV star power, and that helped him pre-Trump. Uh, but Trump is more evidence of this. And looking ahead to 2020, uh, one reason why I'm taking you seriously as a contender is because of your presence on cable news. Wow, it's <laughs> unbelievable. Hey, guys, I want to thank you for joining me today. I want to thank Stamps.com for being a first sponsor of the show. I think it's absolutely amazing. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone in the upper right hand, and type in Newsmax for special savings and uh, get your scale, get your, well, make your home into the post office so you don't have to go. Stamps.com. Also, I want to mention that uh, this podcast is available on 50 different platforms, um, and it's easy. It's very portable. It's free. It's free. If you want all the platforms, NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast. But what I would appreciate you doing today is going to Apple Podcasts, okay, and subscribing and giving me a five-star review. That would be absolutely wonderful. The reviews are coming in, and it's awesome. So I've got a busy day. I've got to go. I'm going to head in town on horseback and go find one of them fancy copy machines at the uh, at the uh, Kinkos, like Kamala Harris, because, you know, I live out in the sticks. And, you know, we uh, rural people, we, we, we don't know how to photocopy stuff. <laughs> we have no access. Guys, have a glorious day. Uh, welcome to the new week. God bless you. God bless our police. God bless our military. Remember Ashley Babbitt. And above all, don't catch the stupid. Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com. Or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details.